Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today, we're interviewing a man whose background has brought him from Harlem to healthcare to becoming a GOP endorsed candidate for U.S. Congress. But before I introduce our guest, I'd like to tell you about my business transition readiness program for business owners. The next start date is September 25th, and we're running a fall special, so check this out. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the Business Transition Readiness Program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner, Julie Keyes, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with U.S. Congressional Candidate Kendall Qualls. Kendall, it's just great to have you here. I so appreciate you joining us with your busy schedule. I know you're running around with your hair on fire, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, Julie, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah. yeah, hair on fire, whatever's left of it. Um, but uh, yeah, things are going very well. It's very positive. I'm glad to do this. Super exciting. Thank you so much. I just like to start the show like I do with all of my shows and, and ask you to just share some things about yourself. Um, tell us about your background and how you got to where you are right now. Absolutely. I'm happy to do so. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, you know, first of all, I tell people I never wanted to be involved in politics. It was not something on my bucket list. You know, my, my background really started just like many people in, across the country. You know, I, I started my life actually in Harlem, New York, of all places. I didn't start out in the wow. best of places. Um, I'm very fortunate. I started out in, in a great country. You know, my parents divorced when I was young. Um, my dad just got back from Vietnam. And my mother and all of my siblings moved to our maternal grandparents' home in Harlem, New York. Now, this was in the late 1960s. And um, it's much like what's going on in our cities today. It was, it was really chaotic. If you want to know what uh, defunding the police looks like, I can tell you, you know, I've seen it, I've lived it. It's awful, awful way to live. And uh, so I lived a few uh, years in elementary school there with my mom. My mother just could not handle all five of us. My older brothers and sisters were getting absorbed in the street culture. And so my father came and got me to, li to live with him in Oklahoma. And because he was paying alimony and child support, all he could afford was a trailer. So started my childhood in Oklahoma, New York City. I've been called trailer trash, ghetto kid, and a lot worse. Mm -hmm. But I tell people, you know, the wow. best thing is, is I, um, you know what, in this country, where you start your life is not necessarily where you have to stay for your life. That was my mm -hmm. start. And I, I worked full-time through college, um, Went on active duty after college um, and then started my civilian career after five years on active duty. 
I started with Johnson and Johnson. Wow. So how did how would you, yeah with the military? I know that you you were a colonel, is that right? Yeah. No, I left I left the military after five years. I served as an artillery officer yeah, here at home and abroad mm-hmm. in South Korea. I was newly married mm-hmm. at the time. Wow. We had no we had no kids at the time. So Sheila and I we've been married now for thirty four years. But um, after I got out of the military, wow. um, I started in uh, my civilian career and. One of the things I just got to do is just the phenomenal leadership training, exposure to a lot of different things, stress on the fire, the whole bit. So mm-hmm. glad to serve. That's for sure. Oh, wow. What a background. So um, I'm interested in talking about your experience moving from corporate America to the healthcare startup. Tell us about that startup. Tell us about the work that you're doing with that company. Sure. So let me let me explain the problem we're solving first. I get then I can tell you about the the, um, the technology behind it. So it, uh, at any given yes. time, there's a large, I won't say a large, a, a fair number percentage of cancer patients will receive a treatment, chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery that provides little to no beneficial outcome. Um, the latest yes. reports that uh, we've read is anywhere from twenty to thirty percent. In fact, in, in January of 2018, when the Wall Street Journal, <clears throat> Dr. Stephen Katz from University of Michigan uh, School of Medicine, he was a quote in that article where he said there was tens of thousands of women that received chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery they didn't need. So what our platform is, it's an AI, it's an AI platform, one of, the, one of the largest databases of cancer patients, longitudinal data. And so, Julie, God forbid you get diagnosed with cancer, if you want to know how the treatment was for patients your age, your demographic, and your diagnosis, we can give you how effective that treatment was for all of those patients, thousands of patients in your category, before you have your first treatment. So you go into those meetings more informed. Wow. I mean, I think that um, being informed is everything when you're trying to make a life-changing decision about which path to take. Right? Exactly. Exactly. How can, how can you, yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so how does this information get dispersed? How do, how do people have access to it? Do you sell it to hospitals or how does it work? Yeah. So we're working through the, the details of that right now before I uh, took a leave of absence. But um, we're, one route we're taking was making it available to uh, major corporations, uh, basically self-insured employers, regardless of their size making it available to them for, for, as a health benefit package. Oh. Um, basically, they would pay for it and make it available to their employees that are, that are diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And this information is kept um, independent uh, between our company and the, their employee, their, uh, the patient. So the company never gets information, nor the insurance company. And we share that information. And what we have seen is that 30% of patients, when they see this information, they all decide to alter the recommended treatment based on this information, um, putting more control in their, in their hands um, to make the best decision. Very interesting. So when, um, do you guys have, have you got, a, I know you're, 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 you said you're taking a leave of absence because of course you're running for Congress and it's probably tough to wear both hats because there's so much there, right? Right. So um, based on, um, let's just assume that you win, you know, when the election comes around, when, how does that change your timeline for launch and when do you participate or, uh, anticipate the launch will occur? 
Yeah, yeah. They'll so they'll backfill my position and um, when when I win, okay. so you know we're screening for people to backfill. Well, here here's a neat scenario. This, this is exactly what we're wanting in healthcare overall. We're wanting yeah. transparency for patients, yeah, so they can make more informed decisions. Exactly. And when they do make more informed decisions, what we're finding in our model is that employers and or uh, Medicare, depending on who's paying, they save over 50% of the cost. So even though only 30% will make a treatment alteration, significant cost savings, especially in cancer, it's the most expensive diagnosis in healthcare, and it's increasing in cost every year by double digits. So we're, we're providing the kind of the best of both worlds, transparency, empowerment for the patient, and then obviously we're willing to find some cost savings, but we're doing cost savings without lowering the, you know, the standard of care or, you know, quality of care. Gosh, there's so much here. I, I, I feel like um, we should probably have you back on the show yeah. to talk yeah, about, about podcasts. When you're a little bit um, seriously, because, um, yeah, especially, you know, the, the buzz for me on this, of course, because our listeners are, are a lot of privately held companies, the buzz for me on this was that it could be a healthcare benefit that employers could provide to um, their employees. And right. yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, so I have to ask, why did you run for Congress? Yeah, sure. Let, let, let me give you some context behind that. So again, I, I shared that I served on active duty for five years. Yes. My father served for 25 years. My brother also served. Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I, we've known each other um, since high school. Her dad served for 30 years. He was in the Korean War and Vietnam War. And all of her wow. brothers. So I, I call it, I call the military the family business. No kidding. So two years ago when the new Congress took over, this you know, Nancy Pelosi's new Congress, I started hearing things I've never heard before, that we're a racist country. I'm, and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe an elected officials, and we're not. We're systemically racist. That's not true either. Um, we don't like immigrants. That's not true. And then the classical one that was a tipping point for me was when uh, Ilhan Omar said that um, she compared ISIS and Al-Qaeda to the U.S. Army. And what, what, what began to shock me was no longer their statements, their radical statements, it was no one else in the party recalibrated their statements. No one else in the party defended the country, and, and not even in my district. And I said, number one, that's dangerous. That is so dangerous because these people are elected officials. When the lay public hears this and they don't hear anyone contradicting those statements in their party, they're going to assume it's the truth. And, I, yes. and for me, I was concerned. And, this, and again, this was two years ago. I, I, um, I, filed, I filed to run for office in July of um, 19. And uh, I felt like I needed to stand, make a stance for our country. We're not a systemically racist country. We're not a racist country. We, we're a country of immigrants. If anything that was going on south of the border, you know, we're a country of laws that are not being followed. And so um, I, I felt I needed to take a stance. And I did this. I stepped forward as an American citizen. And I tell some people this all the time. You know, when I took that oath in office, when I was as an Army officer in my early 20s, that oath doesn't have an expiration date. Yes. So um, do you remember the words of that oath? Absolutely. You know, do you support and defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic? Inspiring as heck. So I'm just, um, I'm thrilled that you were able to join us today, Kendall. And um, is there anything else that you would like to say or share about 
um, your thoughts and the work that you plan to do when you when you get elected. I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you plan to do. Yes, again, I, you know, I, I share with people, look, you know, the last thing I ever wanted to do was get involved in politics. But right. I love our country more than I hate politics. So yes, I'm going to do the job as a congressman. And I'm going to tell people, you're not going to agree with 100% of the votes that I cast. Mm -hmm. But I'll make you darn proud that you actually voted, that you, you cast a vote on my behalf. I'll make you darn proud. The other part of this is, look, I know we're in our darkest times right now as a country. Um, but you know what? This is a great country. I have tremendous um, belief that we'll get past this in an optimistic way. And I would say if you, if you want hope, if you want, you know, this is the direction you should go is, is go with um, me as, the, as a congressman and us as a party because um, we're standing up for the values that have made this country stand through so much over the last 200 years. And um, if you want to find out more, you can go to KendallForCongress.com. And it's Kendall, F-O-R, Congress.com. KendallForCongress.com. Fantastic. Well, Kendall, I so appreciate, again, your being on the show today. And I, I truly mean it. I would love to have you back on to talk more about your, um, your healthcare company. I think that there's a lot more to talk about and share with that. Um, but for today, I think we're just going to wrap up like we normally do and asking you to share a couple of, um, of words of advice for our listeners. Um, coming from your entrepreneurial background now, uh, what are a couple things that you'd like to have our listeners take away? Yeah, I will say the, the, biggest, the biggest thing, and I, and I get asked this question quite a bit. I, I, I graduated from the University of Michigan Business School and uh, there's always students that are out there looking to start things. I said, you know what, before you start building, and um, obviously your, 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 your clients already have their businesses, they're looking to transition, what problem are we solving? What problem, what gap are we trying to fill that in the marketplace um, that can be clearly articulated to people? Oftentimes, even if, even if that gap of that need is not even clearly unknown by your customer, it's still a gap and it's still a need. So I think that the way we can communicate that the best, and this is how I, when you asked me the, my startup, I, I explained the problem we're solving first and it yes, made everything did. else work. And I think that that really aligns with, um, you know, that whole conversation about why, why we do what we do. You know, um, if you've ever listened to Simon Sinek, um, he has a video that he recorded many years ago called It Starts With Why. And he really identifies how people actually buy what you're selling. Right. If you're selling an idea, if you're selling a service, whatever it is that you're selling, um, your why and their and their the buyer's why have to align, right? If if I stand for what you value, then I'm going to follow you around, which exactly. is why I have you on the show because I love what you stand for. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, for sure. This is this is great. Are your kids, by the way? Um, are they going to, are they in college or, t I, I didn't even ask you about your kids. I know you have, I have kids myself. So tell me a little bit about your kids before we, before Sure, we sure. That, you know, that they're, they're much, they're not much kids anymore, but they're five, well, we have five kids and they're, you know, four adults. And so I tell people we have two things that we haven't had in a long time, especially with the boys gone. We've had uh, free time and leftovers. Right. And so, with the boys gone, um, man, you know, we have milk that's expiring and everything. But anyway, we have, um, my oldest daughter graduated from Colorado Christian University. She is a um, preschool teacher here in the Twin Cities. My oldest son, Joshua, graduated from St. Olaf, 
Uh, he graduated last year. Um, when, within 30 days, he got a new job. He moved to Austin, Texas, and he got married. <laughs> so we have, a daughter, wow. we have a daughter-in-law as well. well My middle son graduated from New Mexico Military Institute, and uh, he's on active duty now. He's the fourth generation um, serving on active duty at Fort Riley, Kansas. And my, I have a daughter here that's going uh, to community college. And, uh, she just graduated last year from high school. And a son that's in uh, a sophomore in high school. Wow. You guys are still a busy household then. Yes. But yeah, it's nice to have leftovers. Your grocery bill goes down when the boys move out. I say that too, for sure. Well, again, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time today. And I wish you all the luck in the world um, with the election. And I'm telling everyone that they need to vote for you because of who you are and what you stand for. For our listeners, this episode is going to be available uh, at, our, at our website, poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book, and which is now available on Kindle, actually. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate your support. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and please join us again. For